Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software built specifically to meet the needs of insurance agencies and brokerages. If you believe that the relationship that you have with your customers is the heart of your business, and I'm pretty sure you do, <laughs> then you need to see how Agency Revolution can make those relationships longer and stronger. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request and receive a free demo of their award-winning software today. Once again, thrilled to introduce you to this conversation. My guest does not need a lot of introduction. She is approaching her four-year anniversary as the CEO of Vertifor, one of the largest technology firms in this industry. Very likely that you own a piece of technology that comes from or through her firm. Very likely you certainly have considered it and uh, no doubt that you will be influenced, your agency will be influenced by the decisions that come from the position that she occupies in the industry as CEO of Vertifor. So, uh, boom, I'm not going to make this a long introduction. I thought that Amy delivered uh, an intelligent, insightful, and um, an important conversation that every insurance agency principal, every insurance agent should listen to. <clears throat> that said, a couple of real quick announcements. <laughs> Number one, some of you noticed I said nothing about COVID at, uh, in my last, uh, in last week's podcast. Must have just forgot. <laughs> so for those of you who reached out, once again, thanks so much. Many of you know that my wife and I have, uh, were diagnosed with COVID about six weeks ago. Uh, here, so you can probably tell um, I'm feeling pretty good. She's feeling pretty good. Six weeks into this for us, um, we're climbing out of it and feeling good. Uh, don't know quite what the future has to hold with it, but we are super optimistic. And and as always, I, I, I don't know how to say this without breaking out into song practically, uh, that I'm just so grateful for the kindness um, of my listeners, of you, uh, the kindness of this industry, of, uh, of friends. It's just been, that's, that's, that meant, well, it means a lot to me. Uh, for those of you who are not connected with me on, uh, on LinkedIn, hey, let's do that because I will make sure that you always get immediate access to the groovy and juicy stuff that I'm working on. Uh, likewise, spending a little more time on Twitter, so let's connect there. And... Uh, also, again, thanks for the comments that I got to me about um, a recent podcast that I did on uh, three, the three ultimate secrets of organic growth in the modern insurance age. Uh, so, uh, yes, I have to some extent um, in that podcast, I, I gathered up uh, so much of what I've been listening to and this terrific job I have of speaking to the top thought leaders of the industry every single week. And my job, uh, as I've always thought of it, is really to, uh, to be vigilant about what's happening, what are the trends and forces, to make practical recommendations on how you should address those trends and forces, and, uh, and to package it and synthesize it in a way that works to help you grow, uh, and, uh, uh, to, to help you achieve your organic growth goals and, your, um, and, the, and the goals you've got for valuation. So boom, I really appreciate the positive feedback I got on that. If you haven't listened to my most recent podcast uh, in which Michael interviews Michael, <laughs> then uh, go back and listen to that. Uh, likewise, uh, as I said, I think I have the greatest job in the world. I'm going to give you a real quick sense of what's coming up in the future because it's super exciting. Uh, these are uh, names of guests. Uh, um, they're, they're either in the pipeline for a podcast or in the pipeline for 
a very important step that happens before the podcast, which is my pre-podcast interview. I spend time with all of my guests. <clears throat> In many cases, I know them anyway. <clears throat> In many cases, I don't. And so I have to get to know them before I do a podcast. We spend time getting to know each other and exploring um, what, what insights they can bring to you. So real quickly, I'm going to go through this quickly. Um, Brian Falchek from Insurance Evolution and the author of The Future of Insurance. Uh, Peter Pacetti, a broker at Heffernan Insurance. I was shocked. Uh, I, uh, Peter and I spent an hour or so on the phone yesterday or on Zoom yesterday. Uh, Peter, um, I thought that we were going to be talking about how <clears throat> the issue of climate change may have future implications and will have serious future implications for this industry. <clears throat> what I discovered stunned me in terms of how it's having impact right now. Uh, I know that this is not, this isn't one of Michael Jans's practical, tactical, you know, and gosh, how can I get six new Facebook likes by Tuesday? <laughs> but if you have a future in this industry, you have to listen to that conversation. Peter and I are recording it next week. Ryan Deeds is coming up. Um, again, uh, super conversation with Ryan yesterday. This is also, this is going to be practical, tactical. Uh, Ryan's the Vice President of Data at AssureX Global. Um, <clears throat> then I've got a conversation coming up with David Morse from TrueMotion. Eight of the top 20 U.S. insurers and top insurers in Canada and Europe rely on TrueMotion uh, user-based insurance technology, UBI technology. Um, then I've got a conversation coming up with Jay Weintraub. Jay is the founder or co-founder and CEO of InsureTech Connect. Uh, what I'm certain has been the largest InsureTech conference in the world. I've been doing it a couple of times myself. I noticed that, as I recall, I, I, I don't want to put words in Jay's mouth, that this year's conference is going to be delivered virtually, digitally. And so um, he's going to be talking about that. Jay Bregman, founder and CEO of Thimble, which delivers insurance to the massively rapidly growing gig market so you probably should keep your finger on the pulse of that uh, and then i've got a conversation coming up with ron glasman the founder and ceo of chisel.ai chisel.ai uh, you know that artificial intelligence is a topic i'm uh, following very carefully you probably heard my conversation with dan fagella uh, in this case, we've got a, uh, a startup founder uh, and one that is clearly getting some traction. They use artificial intelligence to, quote, instantly read complex documents and then extract all the pertinent data trapped inside those documents. Saves brokers lots of time. So lots of great stuff coming up. And, um, uh, and I, I do want to finish up the intro by saying, if you have somebody that you would like me to pursue as a guest if you know somebody that would be a great guest uh, if you think you would be a great guest and have have uh, insight to share uh, reach out to me easy to, I'm easy to find um, on LinkedIn or you can email me at michael at michaeljans.com uh, again thanks for your support uh, thanks for your kind comments uh, thanks for the comments about uh, my recent um, my recent presentation on the three ultimate secrets of organic growth in the modern insurance age. And thanks for joining us today. <laughs> and now I want to welcome you to this conversation with the CEO of Vertifor, Amy Zupan. Amy Zupan, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm excited about this, and I know that our listeners are excited about this. Y your position in the industry is, uh, it, well, it's really largely unique, but also incredibly important. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. So um, let, let's start with a little bit, uh, if you would, um, could share with us uh, your background and how you got here, because you're, um, oh, you know, kind of new in the industry, but we can't say you're new anymore. So tell <laughs> us a, a little bit about the Amy story, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the CEO of Vertifor, and, and believe it or not, I've been in that position since October of 2016. So mm -hmm. just about four years at this point. Right. You know, I would, I would tell you in both background and experience, I consider myself a product person at heart. You know, mm -hmm. I pretty much spent my entire career working for and with customers to essentially build solutions 
that make a positive impact on their business and delight their users. I used to work in power and utilities, spent a good bit of time in oil and gas, and then I got this great opportunity to come into insurance. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so let me ask you a question. When you say you're a product person, yeah. so would you say that kind of uh, distinguishes your orientation from, let's say, being a marketing person or it, uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, um, I thrive in understanding where there's opportunities to build and develop technology solutions to solve problems for customers at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And it's kind of how I grew my career and it's how I got to this point. And it's honestly one of the things I love about my job today. Okay, got it. Uh, and I appreciate that. You know, I come from, uh, while I've always been sort of on the marketing and strategy side of, of the companies I've been associated with, product was always absolutely central. And <laughs> I think uh, no, no, nobody would have bought Agency Revolution for their marketing and strategy. They wanted the product. Okay, so <laughs> I, I recognize the value of that and, and yeah. give credit to my engineers for the great work that they did. So, um, so as I said, you now it's been we're approaching four years and um, and your seat in the industry. Let's face it, um, you're in charge of one of the largest technology firms in this industry. It's a position of great influence. Uh, you've got really big decisions to make, and uh, and and so naturally you've developed a perspective on what's happening um, and what you think the trends and forces are that are guiding this industry. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I, I want to start there. It's like your perspective on, on what those trends and forces are. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I have to say I'm, I'm honored to have the opportunity um, in our industry um, and in particular during this time period. You know, for my seat, it's a super exciting time to be in this industry. You know, I see oh. at the macro level, the role of the agent is more important than ever. Um, you know, agents are playing a critical role in that distribution channel now, and they're going to do so well into the future. But at the same time, if you look at macro forces, we're seeing a shift in the role of that agent, right? A shift. Ah, okay. To okay. True, true risk advisor instead of just a transaction processor, if that makes sense, Michael. Well, uh, it does make sense, but I'd, I, I'd like to get your perspective on what do you think is pushing it in that direction? Why is it? What, uh, how is the life or the role of an agent different and becoming different now than it was before? Yeah, I think, I think you know, it, it really comes down to this need to build better experiences for the customers and their clients, right? And I think agencies are under the pressure to make that evolution for their customers and frankly, for their employees too. Um, but I think what you're seeing is, you know, as InsureTech continues to offer new solutions in the market space, right? Agencies need to evolve. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think the agent has always been that risk advisor, but I think now they need even more time to spend on that. And you're finding this this need to drive efficiencies in transaction processing to give people the time to spend with their customers. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's just super important right now. Okay. Um, so, so let's, let's look at this historically for a moment. Okay. Cause I think you're absolutely right. And you said a couple of things that intrigued me. Um, I, I think it could be argued that while, um, the consumer looks to the agent for advice and expertise and advocacy, um, the, um, if we look at, let's say the average, um, uh, personal lines or even, let's say, small commercial lines consumer. Mm-hmm. The, the, the commissions that support um, the servicing of that consumer uh, are really are um, so small that during the course of the year, it does justify mm-hmm. a, a lot of one-on-one advice, uh, expertise, and advocacy. Um, so that's that does seem to be a problem. What what how does an agent how how does an agent deliver that uh, sense of confidence and peace of mind to a consumer when let's face it the days when when they're knocking on on the door of a customer and sitting down at the kitchen table and talking about insurance those are over. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think you do that through automation, right? Okay. You know, yeah. When you look at when you look at what an agency has to do and how much time they spend 
on what I would consider transaction processing efforts, filling in applications, logging them on a carrier website, et cetera. That takes a ton of time, right? Mm -hmm. All of that stuff can be automated today without question. And it should be and can be. And I think as you start to think about that, you start to unlock the possibility of, okay, well, now the processing's automated. Now, how do I take the data that I have access to and the insights and start to automate how smart and how I give advice to my customer, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you actually, how do you, how do you um, benefit from all of the automation that's available to you today? Because it is, it's available. Okay, so, so so let me see if I'm uh, um, understanding your perspective. I think you I think you're saying automate as much as you can that can be automated and should be automated, um, so that you're available to uh, to deliver the genuine human relationship when when it's most needed. When it's most needed, exactly. And I think okay. and I think you can automate the transaction processing. I think you can automate some of the advice as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Talk talk about that. How do do you, how do you do that? So, uh, you know, you, you can say, uh, think about it um, like your Amazon experience, you're shopping on Amazon and on the right hand side is all the things you've looked at previously, right? Or recommendations for you, right? Right. Think about a world of insurance where you're like, gosh, customers who companies that look like you, individuals that look like you, they, sh- they should also have this type of coverage. And I noticed that you don't, right? You can really automate that through technology, through data access, through aggregation, through insights, right? Through modern technologies to actually, you know, deliver some of that value that maybe five, 10 years ago, you know, we weren't really thinking about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to circle back to that one in a moment because I think that one's, uh, that one's really critical. Uh, but you said something um, a few minutes ago uh, about um, enhancing or improving the customer experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, do, do you think that there are certain forces that are, that are pushing the industry to make that more imperative now than it was before? Well, I think there's, there's without question, there's just the macro um, experience that we've all gotten used to, to be Got able it. to buy something, you know, on the click of a button, right? Uh-huh. You need toilet paper, order it on Amazon and it's here tomorrow, right? Yeah. I mean, people yeah. are used to this kind of instant gratification, instant satisfaction. That said, I would argue that that, that feeling's been around for some time mm-hmm. and it's and it's really kind of this additional force of the investment that you're seeing in and around insurance technology over the last however many years, right? Yeah. Where yeah. It's, it's really now saying, gosh, the art of the possible, it's real and it's here. And I think you're starting to see agents and carriers alike say, you know, I need to evolve. I need to provide that customer experience. I need to improve how that customer works with me and can be and basically buy and be serviced during their life cycle with me. Um, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to jump back to your Amazon example here for a moment, okay? Because um, the the uh, clearly they've delivered the ability to uh, purchase uh, immediately, so that satisfies the convenience value that people have, right? Um, so it's easy, uh, but but uh, in, in my experience with Amazon, let me give you another. So I'm a I'm a fairly eclectic reader and a you know a con- consumer of, of books. Yeah. Um, and what Amazon knows about me is uh, so remarkably intimate that uh, I mean clearly their capacity to recommend uh, my next book to me is uh, not just 10x; it's 100x; it's a thousand x better than the old days when I went to an independent bookseller and they said, oh, you might like this book on blah, blah, blah. You follow me? It's yeah. their, their knowledge of me is so intimate. So in addition to convenience, they've used technology to develop a customer intimacy. Now I'm going to throw on top of that one more thing um, that this is, this is my premise, and it may break down in, in future years, but my premise now is that with insurance, uh, there is a, uh, a need or a desire for the, um, the confidence that another that, that a human expert can give you. Does that make sense? So, in addition, like I, I could, could I could conceive of a future am, uh, some kind of an Amazon version of insurance where I get convenience and intimacy, 
But there's something about um, the human species, the tribal species that we are, where we seem to get some uh, confidence from um, relationships. And that's where an agent comes in. So that's kind of a long question without a question mark at the end. But I'm wondering what no, you think. But Michael, I couldn't agree more, right? Okay. I mean, you know, here, here at Vertifor, myself, our team, we fiercely believe in the value that those agents provide, right? Mm-hmm. And like fiercely believe in that value. And at the end of the day, insurance is complicated, right? And right. one thing, you know, it's not, it's not buying, it's not buying something off of Amazon. It's not buying a book, right? It's complicated. Right. And there is right, something because, yeah, because if you make the wrong decision, it's not just a book you don't like. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And you want that, you want that perspective from someone that you trust. And so mm-hmm. I, I think what you're going to see, right, is you're going to see that value stay and continue, right? Yeah. Okay. But you're going to see the agents be able to deliver in parallel kind of that faster, simpler experience, but really that, that value that they provide as far as guidance and risk advice and perspective and confidence, as you put it, which I think is a great way to say it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going anywhere. Okay. Do, do you think that, um, well, insurance is not really known for being sort of uh, generally on the cutting edge of, of innovation, right? <laughs> now, it's very innovative right now, but let's face it, uh, we're, 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 we're not, <laughs> compared to other industries, we're not like, you know, breaking uh, breaking new ground. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I think you could look around at other financial services industries like banking and say, gosh, they did things 10 years ago that we're thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think it's the, that, that to some extent, uh, other industries have established um, new expectations for the consumer and that the consumer is really pushing insurance to change? So I think... Um so the short answer is yes. I think that's okay. that's part of it, right? The consumer is pushing, but I'll I'll be honest with you. I think um, I think there's other forces at play, right? Okay. There's investments. There's availability. There's resourcing. There's things that are happening beyond just the consumer, but the consumer is without question a part of it, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Um, you, you, well, the consumer is, yeah, well, see, it does seem that the consumer does have more choices now than they've ever had before for a variety of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. New technologies and, uh, as you said, uh, incredibly large investments to change this industry. And so it, it does seem, well, one of my premises has been that, um, that, that um, there's been a, a shift in the locus of power from business to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last 20 years. And so, uh, and so the, and so as, as other, um, you know, emerging technologies, emerging um, insurance uh, offerings become available, the consumer's in a pretty powerful position. Mm-hmm. And, and it would seem that those who are really attentive to that customer experience, they're going to win the future. I 100% believe in that, right? Okay. And- and, and by the way, delivering on that customer experience, it's not just about giving them a website in a mobile app. Right? <laughs> right. Not, that's not the experience, right? Yeah, okay, right. Okay, so talk about, yeah, what, what do you think, what is the experience that today's consumer wants? And, and I guess, let me, let me back up on my question because I think it's a bad question. I think when we talk about the consumer, that's probably a, 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 a misnomer. I think there's, there, there are too many demographics out there Hundred um, percent. Yeah, and and there are, you know, you and I haven't spoken about this before, but I think there are demographics that are really well suited to the independent agency channel, and there are demographics that are less well suited to the independent agency channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I don't think you and I need to argue with that, but I'd, I'd get on a soapbox and argue with anybody else about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so what, what do you think that, that consumer, and so, you know, to further, to further my argument a little bit, I think the consumer that's really well suited to this, uh, channel is the one who really does value the peace of mind that can come from that, that sense of relationship with an agent. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're less concerned about whether or not they save $20 this month on their, their insurance. It's just, you know, they're more concerned with whether or not when, if they have a claim that they're actually taken care of, or they're more concerned that, that they're taken care of and they trust the advice of an expert. Yep. Uh, so what, what do you think, 
what 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 do you think um, from their perspective, like subjectively, inside out, from the consumer's perspective? Yeah. What do you think they want? What do you think they would really value? Yeah. Well, you know, we've been talking about it, right? Insurance can be complicated, and you yeah. want you want peace of mind that what you're purchasing makes the most sense for you, right? And, you know, I think that's one piece of it. Um, at the same time, because of the way we all buy and do everything today, you know, there's this big drive to make that experience fast and easy, right? True. And so when you think about how do you make it fast and easy, you think to yourself of how do you help that um, peace of mind, right? Mm-hmm. At, the, at the forefront, how do you help the agent give that customer peace of mind by using data versus just trust me, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you use proof points versus just trust me? And I think there's an opportunity to make that experience good. I'm, I'm a buyer of insurance. Right. I'm constantly looking for, well, how does this compare? And what do people like me buy? And, and being able to see that from a trusted agent is, is valuable. Um, yeah. At the same time, you want that experience to be fast, which means if you think about how the distribution channel works today, you know, there's a lot of duplicate processing that happens from the time someone says, I want to start looking at insurance or I need to renew and the time that they bind something. There's a lot of applications. There's a lot of integration or in uh, interfacing with carriers. You know, there's a lot of, you know, waiting and then there's a lot of reentry. And so to make that ultimate experience, you know, fast, yeah. we have to look at a little bit of the plumbing in the industry, right? And and make sure that we're making <laughs> the there, right? Yeah. Okay. The, then, the, the, the legacy plumbing, right? Right. And then the last thing I would say is, and then it's about having an omni-channel access opportunity for that customer so that they can engage with you as, a, as an agent in whatever way they choose to, right? If they're phone people, yeah. so be it. If they want to be on the web, if they want to be mobile, if they want, regardless of how they want, if they want to be texting, however they want to interface, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the agent has to be, you know, omni-channel and be able to handle and drive that experience and kind of meet that. Um, right. Okay. Where they are. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. Um, so while we're on the topic of uh, big trends and forces, a few minutes ago, you referred to uh, the, the investments. OK, so we know that there's uh, <clears throat> a billion dollars or more coming into this industry from venture capital and other sources that are, um, oh, you know, pick, pick the verb, disrupting, transforming, um, you know, what, what, whatever the impact is, but yeah. clearly uh, intending to change this industry. And yeah. make things uh, new. What um, and, cl- and and certainly, uh, as the CEO of of, uh, of a uh, major technology firm, I know you've got your finger on the pulse of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what where do you see that going? That um, that investment world, and where, where do you see it pushing contemporary or emerging technologies? Yeah, I think it's super exciting that there's so much investment happening in insurance technology right now, right? Mm-hmm. Including right. including in our company, I think it's really exciting. Um, you know, I think it can also be very confusing for many out there because, yeah, okay, <laughs> because um, you know there is so much investment happening, and and you know from my seat and my perspective, you know not all insure tech is good insure tech, right? And you know trying to kind of figure out um, as a uh, as an agency, as a carrier, as a wholesaler, as an MGA, in the, as a player in the industry, kind of what's helpful and what's not can sometimes be a full time job if you will. And so I think that adds a little bit of complexity to thinking through how we drive adoption around technology. And, I, and I'm speaking specifically to the space that I serve, right? Which is yeah. the independent agency distribution channel. Right. You know, it can be confusing to figure out what's actually adding value and what's one more thing for me. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's drill down on that one uh, a moment. So, um, uh, so this reminds me of a problem that I had when I was the uh, CEO of Agency Revolution years ago. Uh, I, I felt that after considerable tweaking, testing, uh, <laughs> uh, mistakes, uh, failures, but uh, eventually uh, we got to the point where I felt like we really had a terrific uh, selling process, right? Um, you know, we, we knew how to attract people into our, our marketing funnel. We knew how to uh, nurture them, warm them up. Um, uh, intrigue them um, and get their interest, and then ultimately, you know, perhaps raise their hand. 
um, and, and then engage in, uh, you know, a demo or a series of conversations and ultimately become a customer. However, uh, what was quite evident to us at the time was that while we had taken all of this time and frankly, a fair amount of money to develop a really good sales process, uh, very, very, very few agencies had a good technology buying process, mm-hmm. right? Like the last piece of technology they bought was probably from you, okay? And maybe they had it for 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now all of a sudden, you know, we were asking them to examine a, a new technology uh, that was, it, it wasn't a replacement technology, it was a new technology. And uh, and so, um, so I've been grappling with that problem, well, since then, so probably for 10 years or more. But now uh, I think the industry is at a point where, again, my premise, uh, that um, that technology is now part of the job, right? The ag- an agency principal uh, and an agency needs a capacity within itself, with, within the entity, uh, to to under to to take that. That's a responsibility. Uh, scanning the landscape of of technologies, filtering out uh, which categories to be engaged in, and then within the categories, to, uh, assessing which vendors and competitive offerings uh, are uh, best suited for that agency. Mm-hmm. Not easy, um, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, uh, so you could have a, a terrific insurance person who you know they got their CIC and they know more about insurance. Um, you know the uh, the um, you know, the uh, technique, uh, the details, the coverages of insurance, but nobody ever said, here's how to be a really good technology person and a technology buyer. And I think to, to some extent, uh, I, I hope, I know that there are others in the industry that are attempting to do this, but I am too, through this series, mm-hmm. is to deliver some insight on how to buy technology. Mm-hmm. So boom, I'm going to pass it back to you. We have billions of dollars of new technologies coming into this industry. And, and, and there probably isn't an agency principal that doesn't get a half a dozen inbound phone calls from, um, from uh, sales representatives every single day. And it is confusing. What, yeah. what, what advice would you give them? Well, I think there's, there's, there's a couple of things here to unpack. And I think it's a, a really good question. You know, I, you know, I think it always starts with an honest assessment of what you actually have before you're looking for what that next solution is, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I find in um, a lot of agencies today is they have opportunities to modernize using the stacks that they already have, the solutions that they already have, and they're not they're not necessarily taking advantage of it. And so to me, the whole buying process starts with a true honest assessment of what you've got, right? And then the second question really is, what problem are you really trying to solve, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a technologist. I love new toys, Michael, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, at the, but at the end of the day, right, you really need to understand what outcome you're trying to drive to as you think about technology decisions. It's not just about the new toy. It's really about how is that going to fit within your ecosystem? And when you get to the other side, what problem did you solve, right? You know, I often find people who have not fully thought that through before they bought, make a buying decision, and then they get partway through the project and realize the complexities of what they're layering into their business yeah. more than they wanted. And so they, did, they didn't actually drive efficiencies. They didn't necessarily change the experience. They added one more thing, right? So really understanding what your outcome you're trying to drive to mm-hmm. and is a super important part of any buying process around right. software, if that makes sense. Got, yeah, it does. All right. So mm-hmm. let me, I'm going to throw you a softball question here, but, but <laughs> uh, you know, but I bet I know your answer is going to uh, provide a, a valuable perspective. So now let's say we've identified uh, the problem I'm trying to solve in my agency and it's X. And um, oh, between my efforts and my staff's efforts, we've identified four or five different vendors. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now I've got a whole different decision to make. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how how does an agent assess uh, of 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 the competing vendors for you know? And, and nobody ever has the same product, right? Yeah. They're they're all slightly different. Nobody has the same company. They're all in many ways, very different. Uh-huh. Nobody has the same culture, et cetera. Uh-huh. How does an agency then uh, ultimately make the final decision? Yeah. So I think it's a great question. I mean, you know, buy, buying technology and software, it's not just about capabilities anymore. Capabilities are first, right? Yeah. Um, 
but then you're you're kind of validating well how 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 complete are those capabilities and a good way to do that is how widely used is it right references what are other people doing i think that's always helpful mm-hmm. but i think it's also important to really think about you know in the digital age that we live in you've got to understand how sophisticated the vendor is around regulatory security issues. These things are super important and sometimes hidden under the covers, right? Uh, Yeah. You know, understanding if your software vendor has a chief information security officer, right? Uh, Okay. Yeah. Really important stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. How are they handling data privacy? I mean, these are important things that, you know, as you partner and select a technology vendor to build your business around, it's important you have a view into how they think and how mature they are there. Um, And then I think another key component is a technology purchase is not a one and done type of experience. It's a right, right. Okay. (laughs) Period of time, right? Uh Yeah. (laughs) And understanding how that vendor, how that vendor engages with you, how much they invest to engage with you, um, how like how they will work with you so that when you do have issues, technology has issues. It just does here and there, right? You can, mm-hmm. we're all at home now on, on Zoom and everything else. You get your own glitches. You got to figure it out. You know, those things happen. How those, how that vendor is going to partner with you for the long haul, I think is a really important component. Ah, okay. Position. Got it. All right. Um, you may have other criteria, but let me, let me throw this one at you. You know, a, as new and emerging uh, vendors pop up constantly in the landscape, Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I think agents perhaps don't uh, often contemplate is uh, what the what the financial stability is of the company that's behind that product. Mm -hmm. And it would seem I mean, we've seen situations in this industry where some vendors, frankly, they just didn't uh, they weren't around long enough to fulfill their promise. Mm -hmm. It seems that's an important issue as well. It is. And, and I think you can lump it into that. How sophisticated is that vendor around key things, right? Yeah. For the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. An, it's a very important component. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. Um, so then let me, there's a follow-up question to that one. So now, boom, I have this terrific new technology. I'm excited about the company. Um, but we've, I'm sure I know on your side and I know on my side over the years, I've seen um, um, buyers uh, uh, purchase the same product. Agency A, you know, buys it and agency B buys it. Agency mm-hmm. A thrives with it and agency B does not thrive with it. And mm-hmm. it's the exact same product. And maybe they're very similar agencies, right? Same mm-hmm. carriers, blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you think is the difference between um, agencies that uh, master technology and really exploit the features and agencies who tend to fail more with technology? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I think it, it goes back to your question a little bit about the buying process also, is mm-hmm. when you say you're going to buy a piece of technology to solve a problem, do you know how you're going to roll that solution out to your users and how you're going to get people to engage in using that new solution? Change is hard no matter what you do, no matter how you look at it. New technology being implemented is change. And underestimating Underestimating how you're going to drive that change can also sometimes be a challenge. And yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's really important not to underestimate that. And knowing, you know, is this a carrot? Meaning people are going to be so excited, they're going to be running towards it. Or is it a bit of a stick? And I've got to put some process in place because I need some controls. And really just thinking that through on how that project's going to run within your agency. Every agency is a little different, right? But yeah. how going to be most successful for your agency and thinking that through up front changes the outcome on the backside. Got it. Okay. So, uh, so it would seem, I think this is part of what you're saying, Amy, is that the, the team needs to be um, committed. They need to be bought in. They need to be committed. The resources need to be, you know, excited about the outcome that you're going to drive and willing to do it. The software won't fix this. Won't, won't. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, right. If, if, you, if you want to see a lousy piece of software, find one in an agency that the team's not engaged with, right? It may be the greatest piece of software in the world, but they're going to hate it if they're not engaged with it, if they're not committed to it. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, so then it seems that, um, uh, that um, th- those who are going to have their hands on it, who are going to touch that technology, uh, uh, they really should be engaged in the purchasing process, not just post-purchase pro- process. Yes, absolutely. Building buy-in is, is important. 
Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Um, thank you for that part of the conversation. All right. So now I, w- I want to I want to bring it down from thirty thousand feet to ten thousand feet because we've been talking about other than buying technology, we've been talking about these big trends and how consumers are changing and uh, you know what what the what the big experience is that people want. Um, so to, what do you think that means to agencies today? Like, um, what, what does an agent really need to be paying attention to today? I mean, it's one thing to be thinking, gosh, I need to be thinking about how things are changing and, you know, buying new software and a year from now, everything's going to be different. But like, it, it would seem that an agency principal really needs to, um, well, th- it's like they can't procrastinate on, uh, on change anymore. Uh-huh. Right. So, yeah. What? what how? Do, how is an agency principal? How? How can they be responsible today? That's probably different than the way they were behaving five years ago. You know, I think there's a couple things that kind of come to mind here. You know, I think one is it's important just to step back and think about your client's experience with your agency, right? Mm-hmm. You know, are you providing self-service tools that they need, right? Are you connecting with them regularly and leveraging automated communication to make it easier for you, right? right. Are you making that experience fast and easy? And if not, why, right? Where mm-hmm. do you where do you see bottlenecks? And, you know, really before you start talking about technology, just looking at yourself, I think is important because then you can figure out, well, gosh, I could make evolutions, right? I don't need revolutions. Right. I can okay. Don't have yeah. to be things that are super scary um, to try to tackle, where you can continue to make improvements um, that I think would could make a, a difference for the business and maybe feel less um, intimidating, as from from a technology perspective. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it it really seems that the the responsible agency principal of today needs to be a strategist, not just a tactician. Right, that they they really need to have a sense of where the world is going and put themselves in the right place. Well, and and by the way, you know, surround yourself with the with people to support you in that. Right, so look for you know whether uh, it's partners or you know um, communities or associations or whatever it is. But look for the groups, right? Vendors, software vendors, Vertifor, right? Yeah, that, okay. <laughs> right. That want to partner and want to help people think through those things. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, well, so let me let me ask you if you do you have any other insight on that. So, if, if for the agency principal of today, if they want to be vigilant about the landscape, um, what do you think they should do to to do that? How how can they be a vigilant principal? Yeah. So I think I mean I, I shared with you what I would do if I were an agency principal. I would be laser focused on thinking about my client experience and how yeah. I could that. And by the way, that includes improving my colleagues and my employees experience also through that process, right? I would be Uh, thinking about it with that lens first. Mm -hmm. Now there's tons of ways to get educated on technology that is available to you um, and new technology. There's all sorts of conferences that you can go to, right? InsureTech Connect offers one, lots of them out there. Right, right. Uh, But I also look to, you know, vendors like us, we, um, we have a program called the Orange Partner Program. And the idea with our program is to really, we invest in canvassing the insure tech landscape. We have a team of people. That's what they do 100% of the time. And Mm -hmm. we look for interesting new companies that are solving unique problems that we can integrate with and plug into our solutions. And it, it kind of serves two purposes. One, it, you know, it's something that's available integrated with a Vertifor solution, but we've also done, you know, our own view of, do we think it actually solves a problem? So there's a lot of ways to get guidance in the industry besides just having to do it yourself. So it's kind of getting, thinking about where those resources exist. And that's just one example. Got it. Yeah. All right. And of course you've got the, uh, the uh, user group, nephew user group that. hundred percent. That's okay. enough. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. So, boom. Now you've been there for uh, almost four years. You've got uh, you clearly have some perspective on where the industry's going, and uh, so presumably mm-hmm. you're, you're you're steering Vertifor um, in as a company and an enterprise in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what do you want to share about that? What how how do you want to how where do you want to help bring this industry? Yeah, thanks, Michael. It's, you know, I think at Vertifor, we view our job as automating as much of the work as possible 
to give our agents more time to spend with their business and their customers. That's kind of our macro mission in life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To do that, um, we are, you know, we've got a couple of initiatives underway around driving modernization of the agency. The first is to help our agencies improve their clients' digital experience. We actually accelerated the launch of our InsureLink solution earlier this year. And it's essentially, a, think of it as a digital front end for the end customer. Um, we've seen a ton of adoption around the product, um, especially through the pandemic. Yeah. And we continue to invest in kind of that digital, almost storefront um, and service front, if you mm-hmm. will, for agencies. Really excited about that area. Uh, 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 describe it a little bit. Tell us a little sure. bit about what that what that experience is. So InsureLink is essentially, you can think of it as a website. You can think of it as a mobile application. It integrates with your management system directly. It integrates with your document management system to get, you know, um, policy documents, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your um, customer can log in for self-service, so proof of insurance, things of that nature. Policy documents are loaded there. Mm-hmm. We are um, we had just recently launched um, a mm-hmm. partnership um, to actually bring payments through this website, if you will. So customers can do payments through the site. Um, We will be putting in um, insights into the site. So when they're logging in to check on things from our risk match data solution, you can see um, customers who look like them. Oh, right. (laughs) So there's a little bit of um, uh, cross-sell capability, right? To support. It's It's essentially building into that, omni-channel experience for your customer on how they interface with you when they want to. Got it. Okay. All right. Um, and, and I'm sorry, you, when did you launch that? So InsureLink launched in March, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's relatively new. That, that is really? exciting. Okay. It's, it's an evolution of our client portal, but it uh-huh. is, it's brand new and it's uh, super exciting. And we're seeing a ton of adoption, which I think, you know, right now we didn't talk about this, but I think with everything going on in the world with the pandemic, I think that's also driving a drive for digital evolution um, mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't necessarily seen before. Yeah, that's an accelerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it okay? And uh, all right. So I know you've got you've got uh, another initiative with Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about what that is and where that's going, what that does. Yeah. So so over the last couple of years, you know, we we made a decision to invest significantly and heavily into a new technology platform for new Vertifor solutions. So it's a built in AWS and the public cloud, mobile first, security first, data-driven automation, microservices, so truly modern technology. Mm -hmm. We call it Titan. Now, it's enabling us to deliver more features at Vertifor faster and at better quality than we ever have before. And I think it's a terrific investment for our business and for our customers in the long run without question. I think um, the way it manifests itself, right, at the end of the day, is you can think of it as an underlying technology services architecture, and it manifests itself to our customers in new modules that we're bringing to market. So InsureLink leverages components, our risk match solution leverages components. We didn't talk about our newest initiative around commercial submissions. Um, this solution is being built leveraging this new technology architecture. So our Titan's our pet name. We talk about it internally, but it's really just this underlying services architecture that's enabling us to bring new solutions to market. Because again, at the end of the day, it's not about flashy technology. It's about solving real problems in the industry. This technology is allowing us to do that. Got it. All right. Uh, Amy, I only really have one or two more questions for you. Um, sure. Well, uh, and so I, I kind of, I like to, I like to give my guests an opportunity to jump on my soapbox. All right, um, <laughs> if you could use my megaphone um, and and deliver a message, uh, a non a non commercial message. Okay, we'll get to the commercial later, but you know, a non commercial message. If if you could, you know, really sort of sort of speak to the heart of uh, of the most important issues right now and give um, oh you know perhaps a piece of advice or insight to the principles of today's independent insurance agencies. What would you want to say? Uh, yeah, you know, I would probably say um, embrace 
technology, embrace the digital evolution. You know, it's such an interesting time in our industry. It doesn't have to feel like revolution to you, right? It can absolutely done be done as evolution and improvement in your business. You know, I think the value of the agent is more important than ever. And the role is evolving and modernizing that experience for the end customer. It's real, it's happening. And I think it's, I think it's exciting. And I think it, it will continue to enhance the value of the agent looking forward. Um, you know, when people like myself, Michael, I came to the industry to help make a difference from this perspective. Like yeah. I believe in this evolution from a technology perspective. And I, I hope everyone kind of embraces that and feels it. Okay. And so let me see if I got this right. I think you said embrace the digital evolution. I call it an evolution. Yeah. I feel like at times in our industry, folks are, are um, I don't want to say scared. Scared is probably the wrong word, but it feels so big, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, oh my goodness. What's going on? It's- I think 10 years ago, I, I was the one responsible for naming agency revolution. So there you go. <laughs> well, okay. But yeah, I, but I think you're, I think, is this what you're saying? That like, you don't have to be scared. You don't, you don't have to feel like this is bigger than you. Uh, um, that that the tools are there. Take the first step. Just keep keep stepping forward. Absolutely. Yeah. That is absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Um, okay. Now, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Um, now, um, if um, our listeners uh, want to learn more about anything that you've said, anything that you've shared, uh, look, I know you're an incredibly busy person. I don't expect you to be giving us your home and cell or office number. Uh, but if they want to reach out to Vertifor and learn more uh, or, or gain uh, insight on your perspectives, what should yeah. they do? What, what do you want to suggest? Well, so here's, here's what I would say. Um, I would absolutely go to Vertifor.com. There's ways to contact us through Vertifor.com. And I personally, I, I told you this, I'm an open book. I, I welcome conversation and interaction and thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, Another really strong way is is to learn about us is to participate in NetView, um, which is our network of Vertifor users. Tons and tons of really good resources out there. Um, and follow us on LinkedIn, right? Uh, Everything that we continue to put out as far as you know, new things that are coming in, our focus on InsureLink, our commercial submissions capabilities that we're working on. We try to put as much communication out through LinkedIn as possible because um, that seems to be our biggest following base. So I'd encourage you to go there. Got it. Very good. All right. Uh, Amy, this was a terrific conversation. Uh, really appreciate you being um, so uh, open and generous with your insights. Oh, Michael, thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate the time we spent together. You bet. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.